Welcome to a new edition of the Neon Jazz Interview Series with jazz pianist and composer Helen Sung. She is coming to Kansas City and performing off the historic 18 and Vine District at the Blue Room on Saturday, November 12, 2016. She spent her childhood in Houston and went to the prestigious Houston High School of Performing and Visual Arts. She discovered jazz later in life and it has been her passion ever since. Her parents really wanted her to get into medicine, but she chose piano at the University of Texas in Austin. And that has been the best medicine for all of her fans. Evolving a quality jazz sound that fans in KC and around the world love. So get to know Helen and dig this interview, my friends. So right up front, thank you for reaching out. Thank you for talking with me and coming to Kansas City. I appreciate it. Oh, thank you, Joe. I just uh, love playing in Kansas City, one of my favorite places. And the Blue Room, of course, is just fantastic. So I really appreciate you helping get the word out. So let's talk about this upcoming show. How did this show come about? How, are, how what, what powers brought you to KC? <laughs> well, I've performed in Kansas City quite a bit through the years, you know, as both as a sideman and as a leader. And, um, of course, was very fortunate to meet the good people of the American Jazz Museum. I think this is either the third or fourth time my band has played the Blue Room, and you all know Gerald Dunn and his crew, and they just do such a wonderful job, and I'm just really always thankful to have the opportunity to, sh you know, get another opportunity to share my music, and this time I'll be bringing my quartet with Boris Kozlov on bass, John Ellis on tenor and soprano saxophone, and Daryl Green on drums. And I'm in the middle of a tour right now, so the routing worked because I'm playing the night before Little Rock, so I uh, called up Gerald and said, would you be interested? Is there availability on the calendar? And I'm very thankful that there was. Wonderful. You know, the history of Kansas City is obviously very deep, starting with Charlie yes. Parker all the way up through Count Basie and all these other cats. What is it about Kansas City that's so alluring, historically speaking, for you? Looking back, it's always, as they say, 2020 hindsight, right? And it's really interesting to trace the history of jazz. And as you said, Kansas City is definitely one of the hot spots where so much great music, not to mention the creator of modern jazz, <laughs> comes yeah. from. So there's that heavy tradition that's in the air. Even though jazz might not be as much on the forefront, you can't take that away. That will always be a part of the great city of Kansas City, Missouri. And the feeling of the tradition, and of course, you know, having someone... Well, he's been back in town for a while now, but just having someone made a son of Bobby Watson, you know, I'm just um, really impressed with the scene that's really taking root and flourishing. And I think that's something that will, I, I hope, will continue because that, to me, was part of what made jazz so rich was all these regional cities and places where this art form developed, and it was each place had its very distinctive language and way of doing things, and that. I think is one of the strengths of jazz. So I just love coming to Kansas City and checking out what's going on. I'm going to be doing a clinic at the University of Missouri, Kansas City for uh, Bobby Watson students. And just um, I remember being really impressed with them the last time I was here. And then also for the Jazz Academy of the American Jazz Museum. So just really, you know, excited to be there, to meet the musicians who live and work there and share some music and ideas. You know, the one thing that I, I, is very well evident with your tour and with your schedule and career, you've always been very busy. So let me ask you this. As a very modern practitioner and being really popular in the world of jazz, how is the health of jazz these days? It seems to be thriving. I know Kansas City is in the midst of a renaissance with Bobby Watson churning out a lot of really great talent. Cats are staying in Kansas City. 
And overall, what are you seeing with jazz in the country? How strong is jazz these days? <laughs> well, I think jazz is a survivor. You know, think about where this music came from. So I think every generation has its own set of circumstances and challenges to deal with, and our generation is no different. Um, I think one of the challenges is this music grows through being practiced and being played on stage and how do we continue to find opportunities, create opportunities to play because unlike classical music, which I came from, you know, this it, it doesn't happen in the practice room for jazz. It happens on the stage. That's where you discover things. That's where you grow, where you get better. I mean, not to discount practicing, of course. So, I would say jazz is in a good place. It's in a inter- very interesting place because the business of the music continues to change so rapidly. So I'm very interested to see how we grapple with this and how this all plays out. But I'm I always want to be optimistic and hopeful. And, and as I said, you know, jazz is a very tough, strong, and generous art form. So I believe it will always have a bright future. Right on. So let me ask you this. You grew up in Houston, went to the prestigious Houston High School of the Performing and Visual Arts. You've always kind of been in between the classical and the jazz world. So my question is this. What albums, jazz-wise, really moved you when you were growing up? Well, you know, I wasn't into jazz at all when I was growing up. It wasn't until I was almost finished with my undergraduate degree in classical piano at the University of Texas at Austin. So unfortunately, you know, it's so ironic. I was just across the hall from the jazz room and and the jazz department at HSPVA, but I didn't have one single encounter. I was studying with a very strict piano teacher from the Russian school who just really had me on lockdown. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm just so, you know, I, that's something I kick myself over, but, you know, what can you do? You, I can only... I can only be thankful that I finally had the chance to be exposed to jazz in, in college. So it all came later, and the, and, and the folks at PBA are like, okay, Helen, well, we adopt you now. You're, you're one of us. <laughs> <laughs> so, but for me, in terms of albums that really move me and really um, just send me, is, you know, one of my all-time favorites is McCoy Tyner's The Real McCoy. Just a true original in every way, and coming up with something that's so uniquely his. Just the the power and the passion in his playing. You know, it's just um, he's somebody that will always fascinate me. Thelonious <laughs> uh, Monk, of course, is one of my favorite albums. Of his Underground, and also the solo album he does of Duke Ellington's music, and Herbie Hancock. You know, almost anything he does, just what a master. And um, Bud Powell was somebody who was very foundational. I have to credit uh, Barry Harris for saying, pulling my coat, he's like, you really need to check this out when I was studying at the Monk Institute. And there's an album called Jazz Giant that was very foundational to my uh, learn initial understanding, learning of the bebop language. And my all-time favorite artist, my hero, is the great Wayne Shorter. His writing, his sound, his concept is, it's for the ages. It's for it's timeless. It's the beauty just continues to unfold, and as you discover more and more things, and everything he does. Let me ask you this: so the, the, it's kind of an irony, but it's also a metaphor for your career. Your folks originally wanted you to get into medicine, but you got into music, and seems as though music has been the medicine for not only you but for the fans <laughs> that have enjoyed your music, so to speak. So. 
This is my question. When you look back on your career, which has evolved very well over time, how do you feel about your career right now in 2016 on this day? I'm a personality who is always trying to remind herself to be grateful and and be appreciative and to be kinder to oneself because I I tend to be the one who's never satisfied, (laughs) you know? So it's, and it's so hard to look at oneself, at least for me it is, because there's so much more I always want to be doing. There's so much more I feel like I need to learn and get better at. So I guess I would say, you know, I'm always aiming for the highest ideals and the most greatest beauty and excellence. And goodness, I do fall short, but it's great to experience and impart and continue to be inspired and challenged every day because I know I'm never going to get to the bottom of this thing called jazz and it's going to be a lifetime love affair. Speaking of, of love affairs and the, and the lore of jazz, you know, I've been on 18 and by enough and I've just had these notions of if I could go back in time and see a show there, how magical it would be when we were the Paris of the Plains. So I want to ask you this, if you could get into that, fantastical jazz DeLorean and go back in time. Who would you want to to see live? What digits are you going to punch in? Where are you going? Who are you going to see? I would love to see Miles Davis live because so many of the greats I love played with him. And he's just, what an amazing figure in music and his endless search for, for the next thing. You know, he was pivotal in so many ways in pushing the music forward. And, um, can I can I say another one too? <laughs> oh please, please, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> I, and just speaking from a pianist's point of view, I would have loved to just see Art Tatum in action. But maybe it's better I didn't because if I did, I probably would want to quit. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's awesome. I like that. So let me ask you this: It's a very simple question, but why do you love jazz? You know, I I feel very blessed because I think jazz music is something that was used in my life to set me free, not just as a person, but um, as a musician also. And I I, I said before, I think it's one of the most generous art forms in that it has influenced almost every type of popular music. It can take in so many influences, and yet it's unique quality that makes it jazz. It, it, It never loses that, and that's very special. I don't think you can say that about many art forms, uh, many types of music. So, and also just where it comes from, what it represents, you know, it's it's a, mu- a music that was born out of just unspeakable darkness and, and, and tragedy and ugliness. And to have that kind of beauty, it's, it's, like, it's like a diamond. It's indestructible, you know, and, mm-hmm. and it, it's a music that's inclusive. It's a music that wants to give everybody a voice, and yet it's an art form that you become greater than... It's something that you become in in collaboration with other people more than you could on your own. So it's like this amazing balance of just, I think, the best of what we can experience in life as human beings. So, yeah, those are some (laughs) of the reasons. Plus, I just feel the swing. It just feels so good. (laughs) Yeah, no, I like that. I really like that. Let me let me ask you this. You've played for so many people over the years. What's one of the nicest things a fan has ever said to you about how their how your music influenced them? I, I remember one guy said he said, You know what? There are things in, in 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 life that you experience that make you realize that, you know, wow, life 
is beautiful and worth fighting for and worth living. And he said, and tonight's concert made me feel that way again. And I was really, really humbled by that remark because I really feel like music is something that God gives us to a chance to participate in just the divine. I, you know, creating is a divine act, in my opinion. And just mm-hmm. to be able to participate in that, what a incredible... You know, it's a privilege. It's something I don't consider it. And it's a gift. It's a blessing. It's not something that I brought about. So just for someone to say that, I was like, yes, that's why, that's part of, that's the big reason why I do this, because I want us all to remember that and to feel that and be inspired in whatever we do, you know, and that applies to all fields, not just music. Absolutely. Let me ask you this. With your concert coming up here at the Blue Room, is there new material that you're grooming? What's next for you? What Do you have a CD coming out? What, what's going on with you? Yes. <laughs> Thanks for asking. Um, I recorded my next album in August of this year, and hopefully it'll come out in the first third of 2017. It's music that was made possible by a Chamber Music America New Jazz Works grant. Uh, That grant is funded by the Doris Duke Charitable Foundation, and it's a project that's in in the works or just in the percolator, let's put it that way, for a while, and it's uh, the first CD where it's all original music and vocals-based, because um, I've written songs using the words of uh, the American poet Dana Joya as lyrics, and I'm really excited. I can't wait to um, share the music with the world. There are... uh, six songs and three instrumentals and some of the songs we uh, with words we play as instrumental songs and of course instrumental songs we play and um, I'll be featuring uh, some of those in Kansas City along with material from my most recent CD anthem for a new day. The new project is called Sung With Words. I've been teased all my life. What song did you sing? And I said I'm going to make it work for me in this case. (laughs) That's right. I love it. That's awesome. That's great. Let me ask you this. This is my final question for you, and I kind of want to get to the, a little bit of the essence of who you are. Everyone has a version of you, are your family, your friends, the fans you mm. play for. But when you wake up in the morning, you face the world, you are who you are. Who do you think you are? Oh, gosh. You asked a really good question. Thank you. <laughs> I want to be someone who leaves the world a better place in whatever small way I can do so through how I live, through, you know, I care about the environment, I care how we live in this world and just plain living, you know, apart from music. I want to contribute to beauty, to excellence, to truth, to, you know, hope and joy. And I found that I do that best through music. And I'm so grateful because I know to find what is your passion and also your vocation and work is not a given. And I see it as a huge responsibility too and that I don't want to uh, do my best towards. So, you know, I I, I just want to, you know, there's that famous saying, you know, you, you want to shine your light. It's, you know, it's found in scripture. Many people say it in other contexts too, but just I want to shine my light. I want to always move towards the good and you know, I, I fail in many ways every day, but that in the morning, that's what I wake up wanting to do and to be who I was created to be. And you'd think it'd be easy to know who you should be, but I haven't found that to be the case because there's right. so many voices in my head from, you know, from parents, from peers, from friends, from mentors, from from the world, from society. And so it's a challenge to, and it, I think it takes courage. That's why I admire people who 
in, in jazz and music who always sounded like themselves. So I know that how hard that is and how that took courage. If I had to sum it up every morning, I want to find the courage again to be authentically me and to be the best musician and artist I can be and contribute to the good, to beauty, to excellence, to truth, and to, you know, be someone who is a, is, is a force for good and a, and a partner with people in all these endeavors. Beautiful. That's a great answer. And, and it's a hard one, and you nailed it. So thank, <laughs> Helen, thank you for reaching out. Thank you for speaking with me here in Kansas City, and have a wonderful concert and visit here in KC. Thank you so much, and continued success to you and Neon Jazz, and continued blessings and success. Thanks for listening and tuning in to yet another Neon Jazz interview, where we give you a bit of insight into the finest players in New York, Kansas City, and spots all over the world giving fans all that jazz. And thanks to Helen for her time, her honesty, the music, and giving Kansas City her live performance. If you want to hear more interviews, go to Famous Interviews with Joe Domino on the iTunes Store or visit Neon Jazz at YouTube.com. Or for all things Neon Jazz, go to the neonjazz.blogspot.com. Until next time, enjoy the jazz, my friends. Neon Jazz.